This is the Evolution Exchange podcast, a channel that connects some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I'm Andy. I help connect businesses with the best UX and UI freelance talent. And today I'm your host. And welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. We've got another great episode today. We're going to be talking about the challenges of recruitment within the gaming industry. This is the second episode we've done of this, or we've done one, and this is a second episode in the series of challenges of recruitment. And today I'm joined by Renata, who's the Global Head of Talent Acquisition at Wargaming, Luke, who is a Talent Acquisition at Cyborg Games, Ali, who's a studio support lead at Tag Games, and Valeria, who's a senior talent acquisition specialist at Renamedy Entertainment as well. So before we go into our questions, like we usually do, we're going to do some introductions. So Luke, please could you kick us off first with the introductions? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Luke. Uh, I'm a senior talent acquisition partner and branding specialist at, at Cybo. Um, so Cybo, we're most known for uh, being a mobile game studio, most famous for Subway Surfers. Uh, so Subway Surfers is the most downloaded mobile game of all time. We've been going around, uh, around for about 10 years now, um, and we've been downloaded uh, over 3 billion times. Um, it's a really exciting time for the studio. We're uh, going to be releasing a couple more games three to four in the next next 12 months. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about me and a little bit about Cyber. Amazing. Thank you very much. Exciting times. Uh, let's go to Renata. Hi, everyone. Renata here. Um, I'm based in Lithuania. I'm a global head of talent acquisition for board gaming. I'm in this role for four months already, I believe. So I joined the uh, last year. Uh, board gaming is globally known uh, gaming studio. We have games like World of Tanks, World of Warships. Uh, of course, we do have games uh, that are still in creation. So uh, let's wait for the news. Uh, hopefully until the end of the year, we will announce some, some new things. But yeah, we, we have offices all over the world, uh, expanding new offices, just opened new office in Bel- Belgrade, Serbia. So where I am right now, because I have to onboard some new people. So yeah, exciting time. Amazing. Thank you very much, Renata. Uh, Ali, let's come to you. Yeah. So hi, guys. My name is Ali Nedetnica. I am the newly appointed studio support lead here at TAG. Um, TAG is um, kind of for 15, 16 years been known as a mobile games developer here in Scotland. Amazing. Thank you very much. And lastly, Valeria, please could you give us your introduction as well? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Valeria. I'm, uh, well, it's been said, Senior Talent Acquisition Specialist at Remedy Entertainment. And Remedy is a AAA console uh, company. So we're known for story-driven and visually stunning action games like uh, you might know titles like Control, Alan Wake or Max Payne and yeah we're working on also many exciting new titles coming up very soon hopefully and uh, I'm based in Sweden, uh, Stockholm and we actually just opened a new uh, small studio here as well while the the main one is based in Helsinki. That's it from me. Perfect well thank you all of you for your introductions and we'll go straight into it then uh, with our questions and the first question is going to come from Luke so Luke kick us off. Thank you so uh, yeah really just keen to find out from all of you some of the challenges you've had with hiring abroad you know, whether you found um, any um, uh, enough talent 
locally in your local areas or where you've had to find uh, talented people from abroad to be able to, to grow your company? Perfect. Great question. So the, the, diff- the debate between local and global hiring, um, I'm interested to hear from a lot of you on your perspective with this. So uh, Renata, let's uh, let's come to you first on that because uh, obviously you're global uh, ahead of TA with Wargaming. So what are your opinions on this? Yeah, it's always easier to find the talent locally when you're a local person because you know the companies, you know the people, you know the culture. Uh, but usually, especially, I'm based in Lithuania, so it's really, really small uh, country, small uh, candidate pipeline. Uh, I'm not talking about just gaming, but overall IT. Uh, so it's you usually use the same pipeline of candidates, and uh, you cannot go through the, that the same pipeline all the time. So you have to look around uh, Lithuania or other places. And uh, recently, with all the changes in the in the world, uh, we are not focusing locally because it just uh, takes too much time and we're just focusing on the requirements, the talent where we can find and just first find talent and then think about the solution, how to hire and where to hire. And uh, yeah, just to to have a broader perspective and wider pipelines, um, I would say that looking abroad is always the solution. It's always good to have locally, but uh, looking around you and even not just in Europe, like Latin America, (laughs) it's always good to find the good talent there because there are a lot of people who people who want to have a big change and you can help them with that so just not not do not stick uh, just with local uh, hiring i would say no so it's a really good point ali let's come to you what, what are your thoughts yeah i i agree i think one of the i i dare say kind of the positives that's come out of um, the pandemic and COVID is that, you know, we have had our eyes open to actually a different way of, of building a, a business. Um, so I think that opening up the pipeline that way is, it just makes sense. Um, and if you aren't doing that, you know, I, I pose the question, why? Like, why, why wouldn't that work for your business? And if there's anything that you can do in your business to kind of uh, alleviate any of the problems that that might cause, like, let's look at that then, because you're you're only going to be limiting your business while other businesses are kind of opening up to the idea i think is um it's really important i'd say one of the challenges um could be the hour difference so making sure that you have communications for you know all the collaborative things that we do in in the industry uh, you know a lot of times it is quite collaborative you need to be kind of speaking to each other um the only thing that i've noticed as kind of a huge huge um challenges making sure that if we are hiring somebody in in South America like that they're getting a good work-life balance that our guys here are getting a good work-life balance so not too early not too late etc in the workday but I think it's it's been quite interesting to see how much we we learn from how other people work in different countries um, it's always great to, to broaden our experience in, in kind of different ways and in new ways of doing things so I think it's it's a positive mostly I think with the challenges being something that most businesses should be kind of looking at to to fix if they can would you say ali that goes for all disciplines because i actually like i recruit and look after mostly art and design positions one of the more things that that the biggest challenges that a lot of like art directors or creative directors come back and say when when it's like global hiring or remote is it's harder to be creative in a team when they're spread out as opposed to being you know like in a in a room together creating something together would you say that that it, it varies depending on obviously if you're a programmer it's obviously a lot different you don't really need that you can just plug in would it would it vary depending on the discipline I think it does vary um depending on the discipline but I think there's things that you can do um so making sure that you if if you can and the business has has the means to do so like getting the teams in for you know 
collaborative meetings, like really intentional time of, of being together. Um, I think if you put a programmer in a room by themselves all day, every day, they might actually be okay with it. <laughs> um, just very stereotypically. But um, I think I think as well, like what we've started to see here at TAG is the, the benefits of getting people in, you know, once every quarter and just having that collaborative session uh, where, where people can work together. It helps the managers because then they're seeing actually we are getting that kind of face-to-face -face collaboration, but also we also see the benefit of having that focus space where you're working at home or remotely, wherever where you're you're normally based. Um, and you know, a lot of that is just really getting your head down, getting through things, which I think all of us can benefit from um, as well in, in any discipline. Yeah, uh, Renata, did you want to come in on that? Yeah, just a short notice. Uh, yes, I do agree that uh, with art discipline is always uh, that this creative people they need to be close to each other. But I do have amazing examples from our company where they are spread. I don't know. There are art directors in US, art team in Berlin, and some people in Lithuania. But it's all about not being afraid to work like that, and uh, probably about the trainings because some people they are afraid not just because oh we will not do the creative job because we will not be in one place. It's not just about that. We have to learn how to work like that, and we do have amazing examples like that. Not with all teams probably, but this is the area for improvement as the, as the talent acquisition and of course the hiring managers as well. So it's all about the experience uh, from the top level uh, manager. Mm -hmm. Nice, no, a great point. Uh, Valeria, let's, uh, let's come to you. What's, what's your opinions on this? Yeah, so is it is it too noisy? <laughs> I think right now I feel it's a bit noisy. No, here. you're fine, you're fine, don't <laughs> yeah. worry. Just for, for the audience's uh, perspective, whoever doesn't know, <laughs> Valeria is sat in a cafe at the minute because she's determined to be on the podcast. So don't worry about a little, ba a little bit of background noise. Come on, we're all uh, eager to hear what you think anyway. Oh, here. Um, so yeah, just uh, commenting on what's been said just now by Renata and Ali uh, in terms of, you know, people working in the office versus remote, I think that it is really depending on the job, you know, a lot of the time, of course, on the person as well. A lot of people, they need to be in the social environment to, you know, like be productive. They need to have this, you know, collaborative and team environment while other people are totally fine, you know, working at home, you know, with no disturbance or anything like that. So. Um, it depends on those things. Like we, if we hire, for example, like um, IT support profiles, then we might need them in the office most of the time. Um, though if we hire, for example, an audio designer, then, you know, we have people that are, uh, you know, great in our company and working remotely from many different countries. Um, so yeah, it's really, I guess, a bit uh, subjective there. Um, and yeah, coming back to the, oh, uh, I guess like Luke has some comments this before i move on to the to the other topic go on luke yeah well really was just going to say it it kind of depends a little bit on the the maturity of the organization and uh you know how open they are to you know to, to having people working in in distributed teams um from speaking to a lot of you know say the art directors what often happens is if the uh you know the art team they're able to take a good uh, artistic brief or maybe with uh you know with the technical teams having a good uh good documentation that makes this kind of thing a, a lot more simple and a lot easier to follow. Um, but it's something that you need to be pre prepared for, that there's going to be perhaps some bumps in the road and, and you're keen to, to work in an agile manner and, and keen to adapt over time. Go on, Valerie, I'll come back to you. Yeah, 
I totally, totally agree with that. Um, and yeah, going back to the first question, like Luke's question about, you know, local versus global and hiring people locally or not. Um, so my experience of, uh, well, latest experience is in the Nordics mainly. So I'm based in Sweden and our headquarters are in Finland. Uh, so it's two very similar countries, but also very different in terms of like the gaming industry. So in uh, Helsinki, for example, and Finland is very like mobile focused while Stockholm is much more like a console and AAA focus. So that's one of the reasons why we just opened an office in Stockholm because, you know, there's a, a you know, much bigger market in terms of like uh, console games. Um, so it is a challenge for us to move people to the north, as you can imagine. So it's like, you know, like a very lovely country, but for people coming from as we mentioned, South America, it might be a big cultural shock to, you know, move to a country that is so different. So um, we do hire a lot uh, from other countries, yes, because the market, especially in Helsinki, is like uh, pretty small in that sense. Uh, But we also think it's important to make sure that people know uh, what to expect. I think this has been said as well, like making sure that they know what it means to relocate to a country that is so different in, the, in terms of culture, in terms of climate, in terms of like just, you know, a uh, working environment as well. So that's something I think that we try to do as much as we can. And so we always do, for example, on site at the end of our processes for candidates that are, uh, you know, coming from abroad, making sure they have the chance to visit the studio. And sometimes also their partners would come to visit the studio and the city. So I think that's a best practice. Ali, did you want to come in on that? Yeah, I was actually just going to add as well that I think um, making sure that your onboarding um, of, of new people is, is really important with this as well, because if, if you're trying to maintain a certain culture of, you know, I don't know, it just depends. I think this can be quite a challenge when you when you have somebody like permanently remote so working on you know having at tag for example we have what what we call tag binos so every every quarter we literally invite everybody where you know regardless of where they're based to to come up to Dundee and have a little party have some good food and you know have that kind of connection on a human level Um, nothing to do with work really it's just building that connection so that you can ensure that the culture is is kind of there and instilled in people that can be actually a little bit it's not impossible, but I do think it, it can be challenging to do via Zoom all of the time. Luke, we'll come back to you because it was your obviously your question. Just hearing from uh, Renata, Ali and, and Valeria there, what are your thoughts uh, on, on those opinions and the overall question from yourself? Yeah, so yeah, some really good opinions. I mean, there's going to be challenges in, well, essentially in kind of any decision that you make um, with the kind of the competitiveness of, competitiveness of the market um you know we're lucky that scandinavia and uh, denmark has a, a kind of a quite a thriving uh, game scene um especially a scene which is kind of punching above its weight but i mean we've had to essentially hire quite extensively from abroad so that's i mean we're 150 people now and around about 35 nationalities that so kind of shows you how how broad we have to kind of cast our net um but uh, essentially the way that we kind of do it, we have some people working remotely full-time. We also, you know, remote, uh, um, like relocate people from a- across the world. Um, what we like to do is kind of leave it in the hands of the team. So essentially, if you're going to, um, you know, kind of have people working remotely, you need to, first of all, have a, a well-run team, which is prepared to kind of make these concessions. So 
Yeah, and uh, no. we're lucky in the last uh, year or two also to have a, a lot more, uh, should we say, mature process in terms of relocation because it's a big transition for people to be able to, you know, experience different countries, different continents, different jobs. So um, we've we found that having a really good mobility team has has really made that process a lot better. No, it's a really good question. So I uh, appreciate it, Luke, and thanks for kicking us off. Uh, you know, a great, great start to the episode with a great question. But we'll move on. We'll go on to uh, Renata's question. So, Renata, please, can you give us your question? Yeah, so uh, I think it's related to the recession and the recent layoffs and that are still happening. So my question is, and I'm really curious if you notice the same, that uh, how it affected the, um, or still affects the hiring, the layoffs that are happening in IT world, in gaming industry as well do you have more candidates because they are being laid off or they are more picky or maybe they are really like i don't know careful to choose the employer because i do have similar uh cases in in, in my experience maybe the questions change the expectations change so what is your experience uh knowledge on that yeah great question given everything that's happened over the last couple of years with the pandemic and obviously what's going on in ukraine and the whole global economy how is that affecting all the different aspects of recruitment and and change a lot of lot of changes in the industry as well uh so valeria let's uh, let's come to you on that have you any recent experience with that or what are your thoughts on this yeah so um there's, I think, two aspects. So one, definitely the recent layoffs in like different companies. We've noticed like more candidates applying from, you know, the same company. So we had uh, a lot of people there, though they were not maybe as relevant for, for us in terms of like, I think, like especially the console market, we didn't have like really any big layoff like recently. Uh, but still, you know, on the tech side, definitely we had uh, we had some very, very good profile coming from there. Um, but I think it's also true uh, the other side that people are definitely becoming a bit more picky when choosing their job. So I, I talked with a lot of people and especially because of the remote setting or the remote setting option. Um, a lot of people, they're like less keen to relocate and, you know, just change their life completely or maybe relocate with their family or partner. Um, and, you know, before making that choice, they just want to make sure, is this the right company? Is this the right role? Um, so we also had cases where maybe people were starting remotely and then moving after a bit of time, for example. Uh, but also like people that just, you know, they, uh, they want to wait and find uh, the perfect job. So they're really, you know, uh, yeah, just really like uh, picky compared to at least I think before the pandemic, because I remember before the pandemic, we had, uh, I think, a lot more people relocating. And that was, you know, like absolutely, it was a challenge, but not, you know, a big problem. Uh, while I think, yeah, today uh, I definitely see the shift or either that or just, you know, uh, having a more flexible work setting, like maybe wanting to work four days out of five instead of like, uh, and so on. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that I think is general thoughts about this. Yeah, yeah, great point. Ali, I think you mentioned earlier that you said like you dare to take positives out of the pandemic was, you know, from a, a, a working perspective side was the hybrid sort of model or working remotely. Um, like Valeria just said there, is that something where people become more picky now these days because of that? Have you noticed any, any challenges there? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I think... Um, when everything kind of kicked off with COVID and, and lockdowns and that it was sort of a novelty wasn't it like oh we get to work from home remotely permanently like this is the dream this is what we've wanted for you know this generation at least has wanted that um 
and then it just became a norm almost like that's that's what we expect um sort of thing i think it becomes a little bit tricky though when working in in the games industry in particular like it's i think as we kind of mentioned before i think there 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 is value in getting everybody kind of in the same room and collaborative um face-to-face time as well i think is, is something that is irreplaceable um so i think when if you have are working on a project that requires that that's where it gets a little bit tricky because people are much more keen to to kind of have the upper hand and say well i I don't need to go into the office. I don't need to relocate. Like we've been doing this now for two years. So I think that's actually been the challenge for, for employers to, be, to to even come back and say, well, actually you're right. Like it has worked for two years. So what are we going to say to that? Um, so I also think that we're always, at least in the games industry, we're always going to have the challenge that somebody might have a specific project that they've dreamt on working on since they were five. And if that lands in their lap, I think they will drop everything and go for it. You know, that's just the industry that we work in. Um, so you've always had that kind of pickiness of, well, they're working on Super Mario's and Super Mario, and that is something that I've wanted to do since I was three. So it doesn't matter what I've got here. Even money, I've seen, I've seen people um, turn down offers at other places because they were really excited at, uh, about a project that we're working on here at Tag. Um, and you know, it's just, I think it's just the, the bag in, in the games industry and tech in general, like they, they can be picky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Luke, let's come to you. Yes. So um, really what I've found with people kind of uh, unfortunately being, being laid off due to kind of the ups and downs of the industry that people tend to be uh, a little bit more kind of risk averse than they would have been maybe a couple of years ago before the pandemic. So what I've found is the most important thing is you need to kind of explain to um, the people and, and get buy-in on the long-term vision of, you know, of the company and that the games that you're, that you're going to be releasing in, in the upcoming future. Because, um, you know, it is, among other things, it's a passion industry. Um, so very creative people working here. Uh, so you need to kind of get their, you know, get their buy-in about the, the kind of the future of your games. But uh, also, what you need to be able to do is, is kind of convince them about the, the longevity of the company that you're working in, because it's a passion industry, but it's also, you know, how these people make a living. So there's two kind of areas to it. Mm, absolutely. And I think I've heard so many people say over the last couple of weeks around the gaming industry, where's it going to go? Like, whether there be a dip or because it was sort of pandemic proof anyway. And, uh, you know, it'll never really go down. Everyone will always want games, but will there be a little bit of a flattening of the, of the curve? So that will obviously change the recruitment aspect quite a lot Renata what's what's your thoughts obviously with it being your question and you said you had some examples after hearing from everybody else there as well what are your thoughts yeah I noticed that uh, yes people are not uh, so willing to relocate and we started thinking about like an option maybe for the first three months let's do the remote work just to check if we have a match because it's a big decision to pack all your stuff and uh, leave the country and um, I don't know you heard about some layoffs especially in that country and you don't know what will happen to you uh, with your visa, with everything that you're leaving behind. So we have to uh, think about like plan A, plan B, plan C, what we can offer to that person. Uh, I recently, what I noticed from the candidates, because I'm still doing the recruitment uh, at Wargaming, that the questions, uh, when you ask, like, do you have some questions about, I don't know, that I can answer? And they are like not about benefits anymore, not about the team, not about the culture and values. It's more about the uh, stability, finances, 
uh, change the contract. Uh, a lot of people now are reading more of the contract before signing our offer letters so we need to change the offer letters just to add as much information as we can so it's more about the stability and to uh, make sure that they are making the right decision so we as a recruitment people we need to uh, think more before giving the offer uh, and yeah and i noticed that another thing that uh, some people were uh, that they're being laid off and they are participating in multiple interviews and they're kind of afraid to say no even though they don't want that offer but they're kind of afraid to like lose any chance and they're like extending the process until they they, they find the right right solution and even if they start somewhere they're still not saying no to you so it's a lot of different cases Go on, Valeria. here yeah just a quick uh, quick comment on this one i think i what i've noticed during the pandemic and not only related to the game industry is that a lot of people are having a big shift in their career meaning like you know like i'm a tech person and i want to be a designer or you know i work in art but now you know i'm passionate about this other thing so I noticed that not only people without, you know, uh, experience in game, they want to get into games because that's their passion, but also, you know, like people from the same industry, they like, oh, I want to try something different now, or this is my real passion. So yeah, just uh, as a trend to, to add to the, the, the one of people, you know, trying to find the perfect job and, you know, the perfect project. Yeah, absolutely. No, really, really good question as well, Renata. So uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. That's uh, the second one. So halfway. So we're going to come to Ali. Uh, Ali, please, could you give us your question? Absolutely. Um, so my question, we've talked a little bit about some of the aspects of this, but um, my question is, what are the biggest challenges to hybrid working so far in, in your organization? Biggest challenges then. So Luke, what what are some of been the what have some of been the biggest challenges uh, for hybrid working with with yourself that you've experienced? Yeah, I mean, of course, there's going to be some challenges. Overall, I think uh, you know hybrid working is uh, well, I'm very much for it. Um, some of the challenges which uh, you know which we've come across at times, you know, it may be difficult for you know people to be feeling as part of a team. Um, also, when you, we're working you know, with people with distributed teams, um, you know, they have to perhaps have the tendency to, to feel maybe a little bit isolated and us versus them kind of atmosphere. But um, what I felt, especially when you're hiring new people, it all starts, starts with having a, a really excellent onboarding. So, you know, when we hire people um, from abroad, what we usually do is we uh, fly them over to Copenhagen for the first two weeks. So they get to meet the team, they get to, you know, to know and hopefully like everybody they're going to be working with. Um, and then after that, you know, they feel like a, a fully fledged Cybonian. Um, and then again, with people working kind of um, in a hybrid method, you know, just making sure there's the collaboration, uh, you know, between the team and also between different teams as well, because there's a lot of different dependencies in, in game development. So um, there's different challenges, but um, it's all about how you manage it. And I feel it, it generally all starts with the, the onboarding process. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And uh, I, I'm conscious with this question, Ali, as well, because I know the next question uh, coming up from Valerie is going to be talking about uh, fully remote. So we'll talk it, we'll focus here just specifically on on hybrid. So that has a sense that, you know, we're coming into the office at some points as well as working remotely. Um, so Renata, in that sense, then, you know, you've got some people who are local, you've got some people who are coming into the office some days and working, you know, from home other days. Yeah. What yeah, would be some challenges within that then? I would say the biggest challenge and that it will always will be until we learn uh, how to work exactly is the communication. 
as Luke said, the communication collaboration with different teams. So it's uh, uh, different teams, they work in a different way. So just to agree with the team, uh, how often do you meet in the office? Uh, to set the right, um, I don't know, time for the mutual meetings or some some other activities. It's all about the communication, I would say. Uh, and I think this is the biggest challenge. And uh, we do have a lot of different teams that they, they have their own examples, their own ways how to work. Uh, I do have my team that works some of them remotely, some of them from the office. So we just try to agree on the one exact day when we all meet together in the office. Or if it's like a global team to have the right ways of communication just not to lose uh, each other so and another thing if we are touching the recruitment i would say and what we are doing start talking from the interview uh, about these expectations and everything not when you hire the person because it's the failure uh, from the very start so start from the very beginning to talk about that if you see that it's not matching your your vision your expectations probably it's not not the the, the perfect matching yeah go on luke yeah well just really to kind of build on uh, what Renata was saying. I mean, it all kind of comes down to, you know, to, to trust, um, you know, so whether you trust the people that you're working with, the, the trust that you have with the, the people in your team. So with hybrid, the hybrid model, when you're working, um, you know, kind of working at home, there's not as much um, a visibility, I guess, over, over the work. So it's all about having the trust of the people that you're working with and, and having accountability, you know, across the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good point. Uh, Valeria, what about yourself? Uh, challenges within the uh, the hybrid model? Yeah, so uh, at Remedy, we are also, you know, uh, enforcing the hybrid model. So in the two studios, uh, I think the, the main thing has been said two times is collaboration. So finding ways so that we make sure the people in the same team, in the same project can collaborate. So uh, for these reasons, what we're trying to do is having the people that are working on the same project being in the studio has been said before at the same time you know so we uh, pick some days you know and make sure that okay all the people from this project are at least trying you know to be in the studio in those days um, and we also are trying to have like some no meeting days so it's you know for those days you know people can maybe stay at home and have more like focused work so they don't really need to like be in the office uh, on the other side like at, at least in uh, console and in, in our company we have the craft so there's also the other side not only the project but also people uh, that are part of art or design and also like they will have the chance to be together someday so it's kind of like making sure that this connects in a way like people being there to meet with their craft and people being there to meet with their project still you know having this flexibility making sure that people can choose to also work from home a few days per week um, that is also something again that depends for us on the project you know how much do we need people in the studio right now so that they can you know like be faster in a way because I mean, uh, remote work is amazing, but sometimes, you know, it can be tricky to just, you know, have a very quick chat with your colleagues. Um, and yeah, and the other thing is just also having core hours. So we have some core hours where, you know, we know, okay, people can put meetings at this time. So you know that it's only going to be from, I don't know, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And so everyone will, will try to be there for, for those core hours. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that hasn't been mentioned too much around this yet uh which comes up a lot when i speak to people is around the culture of like if you're a lot of people are working at home you don't get that culture and a lot of people request people to be on site because they want that culture within the team 
does anybody want to come in on that? Anyone have anything to say around that or any examples around like the culture? Would that be a massive requirement these days with it being hybrid a lot of the time? Ali, do you, have you had any experience with that? Yeah, I've, I've seen so much um, kind of posted on, on LinkedIn on this as well. And I, I guess I have my opinions on it, but I guess the, the thing that kind of always sits with me is um, finding people that fit your culture I think that that message or that you know that uh, tagline can be skewed a little bit so what I mean when I say that is more like we're not looking for everybody that's the same like we don't want a tag full of alleys like that would be horrible Um, (laughs) but we do want people that are you know like they're passionate about games they are kind and just nice people in general like if you can get a bunch of people like that working together on a on a project like that's what we mean by you know tags culture it just means like treating people with respect delivering you know i think that's been one of the the things that's come out of hybrid working is how do we how do we track people's work like like i think luke mentioned like you don't really have sight of you know what what's being worked on but if you have a really good kind of um sprint and review process in place like people are kind of committing or they should be <laughs> kind of committing to yeah I, I've put my name against that like by that date that that'll be done so in the end of the day it's really at least the way that I see the the face-to-face and then being in person thing is is really more the human side of it and, and as well like we mentioned some of the disciplines just need to be face-to-face sometimes and have that collaboration but I think the culture aspect of it for for tag at least is are you a genuinely nice person cool welcome join us <laughs> you know um I, I i really i really do think it's it's not about finding a bunch of eh, you know bubble heads or people that are exactly like you that like everything that you like like that's that's mm-hmm. not the right approach either yeah no it's a, it's a really good point and uh, another good question it links really nicely into our next question obviously that was talking on that the hybrid model so valerie do you want to uh, ask your question well, yeah, we'll come, we'll come to you. I'll let you say it rather than me. <laughs> yeah, just uh, very, very quickly commenting on what, what Ali was saying right now. I think that, uh, yeah, I agree on with, with what she said. And also like that uh, for that culture thing that is probably going to connect with the next one as well is uh, we're trying to have maybe a bit more social events, you know, something outside of work. So it's not just about, you know, work, 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 and you have to be there for the team, but you also like have to feel part of the company. And so let's try to have a bit, you know, more social time, either being like even like board game nights or like Fridays together. We had some cinema nights and apart from, you know, the usual maybe Christmas party and so on. And so uh, I think that's always a, a good thing to have and it always, you know, brings people together. Um, but yeah, I'll go to the next one that also, you know, I think uh, means a big, big challenge for the culture part is the remote work. So um like which are the biggest challenges you notice like uh, while when you hire uh, people that are fully remote in this mm-hmm. case or instead of hybrid yeah absolutely uh well renata you said uh earlier, you know you have people who, who work fully remotely and, and spread out all, all over the world as well so uh is the i'll tell you what we you know we don't always have to talk about the challenges obviously that was a question so through valerie we'll go through the challenges can you talk to us about some of the challenges that you face with that but also maybe some positives as well and we'll do a bit of a, a balance of both more positive things to say about remote work uh, it's really nice when you have the team close to you 
And when you see them, you see the emotions, you can laugh, you can joke and make fun of each other. Uh, but uh, it's more about the maturity. And uh, when I'm selecting some new team members to my team, I'm always talking about the, uh, the attitude, how you look into your responsibilities. Uh, I usually say if it's enough for you five hours per day to do your job and you're doing amazingly, so that's fine. But if somebody is coming to me and saying like, uh, well, Luke is not responding to me, so something is not right. So you have to work a lot on your communication. And if you are like, I don't know, leaving uh, your computer uh, and going, I don't know, for three hours to walk around because just you, you are just tired. So just let me know. And that's it. It's all about the stress. But uh, I would say that it's more about, uh, about the maturity. But uh, we just build our traditions remotely. Uh, we create some uh, internal chats. Uh, we agree on some, I don't know, monthly calls where we don't talk about work and play, I don't know, Kahoot games about ourselves and because our team is rebuilding. Uh, so we do have really new people. So we have to learn about each other. So we are trying to have that informal environment, uh, even working remotely to not be afraid to joke around and say that, oh, look, I, I made a mistake. Team, help me. Uh, so it's all about the traditions. Uh, the challenges, I would say, I, I always think about more the challenges with communication. I'm really a big fan of communication, as you see, and uh, more probably about the technical things that people who agree and they want to work remotely, they don't think about the technical things, the good internet connection, and especially in recruitment, that your job is to talk uh, uh, with candidates or, or managers, and if you don't have the proper connection, so let's talk about the quality here. So it's more about taking re the responsibility about your uh results and the quality so i would say from my team perspective i have amazing team and i'm really happy that i have so mature and smart people who know how to work in the office and outside the office uh but from my previous experiences yeah i noticed that uh, not everybody understands uh what is the responsibility mm. some really good points there um luke on your side of things then as uh you know cyber fully remote working uh would that cause any challenges for you guys or has it in the past uh i mean right now we're kind of doing the, the hybrid models so the great thing about you know having remote work is you know you instantly kind of broaden your horizons and, and get access to a lot more kind of interesting and talented people that you wouldn't otherwise uh, be able to to convince to, to relocate to Copenhagen and join. Um, one of the good things is nowadays technology makes all of these things a lot easier. So, you know, we have Slack, we have Google Hangouts. Um, so on the day-to-day -day thing, uh, on the day-to-day -day basis, the work is uh, made a lot easier by technology, but also kind of the, uh, the social events uh, are made a lot better by, by technology. I mean, during lockdown, we had like an online cooking class so we had people, we were sending uh, like ingredients across Europe. Um, so we did an Italian cooking class and, you know, you wouldn't have been able to do that, you know, five, 10 years ago before the technology was ready. Um, did an online beer tasting uh, kind of event as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's always something you need to be aware of that working remotely is going to have its challenges. But when there's a will, there's a way and technology is making it a lot easier to, to kind of overcome those challenges. What would you say, Luke, is the, the some of the biggest positives from fully remote rather than, you know, the hybrid model? Would you see any aspect for, are there any positives within, you know, your experience with fully remote work? Um, well, uh, again, access to kind of greater, greater talent pools uh, mm -hmm. is probably the biggest one. But also what it does is it 
opens up the um, opens up your organization, I guess, to to people who have a different mindset, who have a different um, you know a different approach to work. So some people, you know, again, it's a little bit of a stereotype of the engineer who likes to work alone. Um, you know, you you kind of open up to people who maybe um, are not as outgoing and not as extroverted. So you know they're able to you know to, to still contribute, to still be able to you know follow their their passion and, and be able to to work, to work alongside people. So um, that's something that uh, that we've noticed a lot from a lot more um, remote work, uh, mm-hmm. remote hiring. Yeah, absolutely. Ali, from uh, from your perspective on fully remote, thanks. I know you you asked about you know the hybrid model. What about the fully remote model? Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think I think I'll start on the challenges um side of it. I think from the kind of people HR aspect of it it's 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 harder to to see how people are actually doing you know like if if I come into the office one day and I've had a rubbish time family personal reasons or whatever you can kind of read that off of my body language if you know me a little bit or if you've seen me you know uh, on a regular basis I feel that it's a little bit harder to 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 do and kind of get a good temperature check of the team remotely and even myself via zoom like you just you're just on you know and they talked about kind of zoom fatigue and I I think a lot of it is because you're you're feeling like you're presenting very much when you're on zoom rather than if I was sitting if we were all sitting around a table right now I would feel like we're we're having a conversation although we are right now do do you know I mean there there is still a difference to it um so making sure that the team is um is okay that they have everything that they need like we don't always we should I think more businesses should be better at this. I think tag's great, um, not to to our own horn, but in making sure that everybody's actually set up properly at work. You know, like, are you actually, do you have all the 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 right chair? Do you have everything that you need? Are we going to see that you have back problems in the next couple of months? You know, all of that is, it's challenging, right? Because you, you can't see how, how the, the people are set up or a lot, some people don't check that, although they should. Um, so I think I think it's just not having that visibility of of that human in front of you. It just for me at least it it, it always poses a bit of a challenge. Everything mm-hmm. else I feel like to Luke's point, like we've got technology and it helps us, um, you know, create a, a kind of a spirit of inclusivity. So having games up on Zoom in in your meeting rooms and you know making sure everyone's feeling connected like that, like that's amazing and that's you know miles ahead of what we were thinking we were going to be like you know, before the pandemic and, and COVID and the push to, to working remotely. Um, so I think that's been that's been something that's really good. Um, I think to someone else's point, I can't remember who said this, but just being exposed to other cultures, other ways of thinking, perspectives, um, it it's good, right? Like it helps us grow and it pushes us to think outside the box. Um, and a lot of times I think that's been a really, really big positive for us here at TAG. We've got, I want to say, three people that are fully remote. So based in France, Portugal, and uh, somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but but those guys, like, you know, we know them just, just as good as everybody. They're a part of our team. We love them. And we learn so much about the, the different cultures. Um, and actually, oh, that that makes more sense. Like, let's let's start doing that. You know, and you pick mm-hmm. on, on the good things and, and they'll actually learn from us and be like, oh, man, you guys have great fish and chips and you know, uh, but, you know there, there's, there are so many positives to, to broadening one's uh, you know perspective on on the world I think yeah absolutely Renata did you want to just come in on something that was mentioned yeah just uh, yeah good good point that I made about the human touch and uh, what 
that you have to know, even though it's like developer, developer who wants to hide behind behind the computer, but you, it's also probably comes to the retention as well, because when you know how your employee feels, you can help out with something, change some responsibilities, uh, add some responsibilities, change the team and etc. So yeah, it's really, really helps when you know, for example, with me, easy, remotely or face-to-face, everything is on my face. If I'm tired, if I'm angry, if I'm happy, so it's easy with me. But with others, it's no. They, others, they have poker face. And uh, maybe when you see that person face-to-face, you see that, I don't know, the hands are shaking or something like that. So it's uh, it's really, really important. And I think it comes to the retention because you never know what that person is feeling, uh, what he's planning to do. Uh, and you just cannot help because that there's no time but which point Ali. yeah uh valeria just come back to you obviously your question again so uh, just a little bit of a, a summary what what are your thoughts or experiences with fully remote working uh, well i think one thing that hasn't been mentioned from the kind of recruitment perspective is how challenging can be like hiring people remote from other countries because you know you never know which are the laws you know from that country how can you hire someone uh, as a freelancer or not as a contractor or maybe you know permanently so we we've been working with a third party to you know hire people uh, fully remote but also we had some people working as freelancers so depending on the country you might have very different challenges um, and I won't go too much in depth into that um, but then on the other side there's a lot of positives as you know I don't want to focus too much on the challenges since has been a lot has been said but for the person you know there's the positive of maybe having the family close by there's the positive of like not having to commute to work every day um, and, you know, like just having you know, maybe a, a better work-life balance in general. Uh, and, and as, you know, uh, as Ali and also Renata said, like sharing their own culture. I mean, we're trying to do that even in the office, obviously, you know, having people from different nationalities. But, it, you know, it's different. You learn, you definitely learn a lot. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's a lot has been said again about the, the, the challenges. And the main thing is like making sure people are not feeling isolated. I think making sure they, you know, they're feeling part of the team and it might be challenging, even though, you know, you try to be there, you try to be either on, you know, video conference calls, organizing things remotely. Um, but yeah, maybe it just requires a bit more attention, you know, like, and, and also like, as Luke mentioned a few times, the onboarding experience, you know, making sure that also, even if the candidate is remote, like you, you know, you're there and you follow them maybe a bit more thoroughly since you cannot just sit one close to the other in the office. Yeah. Ali, did you want to, did you want to say something then? Sorry, I don't know how I made myself there. Um, <laughs> so I, I was actually just going to add that I think making sure that managers are really really um, trained and upskilled on this can actually help a lot like by miles just making sure that you know having those that training to, to check in on their team and and make sure things are fine you can actually probably kind of get past a lot of the challenges that we've we've kind of covered here yeah really good point uh, and a really good question to, to end on as well we've we've talked about loads of good stuff there obviously a lot about hybrid and global and remote working and the the layoffs and things in the economy of gaming at the minute and how that's going to affect uh, the gaming industry so really fantastic topic so uh, that's that's all of our questions for today anyway um but i want to take this opportunity to uh thank all of our guests so thank you renata to luke and ali and valeria as well for all taking part and asking you questions um if anybody else wants to join the podcast please feel free to to reach out to myself but until then We'll see you next time. Thank you very much.